Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Mental Health Services Connecting Badgers podcast. My name is Casey Tice, LPC. I use she, her, and hers pronouns, and I am an access specialist and care manager here at UHS. Hi, everyone. My name is Liz Westcott Barton. I'm also a licensed professional counselor. I use she, her, and her pronouns, and I'm an access specialist and care manager here at UHS. Hi, everyone. My name is Jamie Gratrix. I use she and they for my pronouns, and I lead meditation and yoga practices at UHS. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Sidra. I'm the trans and gender non-conforming coordinator, and I use they and them. It's important to note that this podcast does not replace mental health treatment and should not be considered as such. If you're interested in learning more about seeking mental health treatment at UHS, you can webbook a confidential access appointment through the My UHS portal. There is no problem too small to schedule an access appointment. Access specialists are here to discuss your concerns and assist you in getting connected to mental health resources. If you have any questions about meeting with an access specialist, you can call the Mental Health Services front desk at 608-265-5600, option number two, and we will answer any questions that you might have before you schedule. Or if you would prefer to get connected to a provider outside of UHS, we can assist with this also. As a reminder, you can access 24-7 crisis resources if in a mental health emergency. These include the UHS crisis line, 608-265-5600, option nine. You can call 911 in an emergency. Great. So last week we talked about a particular activity, a, a Leaves on a River mindfulness activity. And so I'm wondering if people got a chance to sort of try it out, practice it since last time we talked, how did it go? I did try it out. It was so funny. I was like lying in bed and I'm like, oh, it was super late at night and I was trying to fall asleep. And I'm like, oh, I need to do the leaves on a river. Like Sidra's going to ask me this when we record podcasts. <laughs> Let me do it now. And it was uh, really helpful. Um, it was a good reminder to use that skill when needed. So I appreciated nice. it. Did you make any adjustments from when we talked about it before? Well, I think for me, I really like like the visualization component. So I was like imagining a particular river that I know from like my hometown and like where I would sit and where my thoughts would be floating down. So I think that's okay. the one little adjustment I did. I, I forgot when it happened, but it just randomly popped into my head at some moment uh, in a moment of stress. So it was incredibly helpful. And I just, I like that visualization as well. I hadn't heard the version of the... Um, uh, like conveyor belt, which I really like too. I um, and just thinking about that too, and in a different way than than leaves on the river, which my mind usually goes to. Um, I don't know, just thought that an interesting take on it. So might use that one too. But mm -hmm. It's a nice one. It seems like folks really like having that sort of like sorting kind of component to it. Of like, I will put my anxiety in its mm -hmm. box and it will go. <laughs> Watch mm -hmm. it go away. Mm -hmm. I worked on a conveyor belt. So for me, that's like a no thank you, never like, again, mm -hmm. terrible feelings and memories about that. But Fair. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> for everyone else, I think that would make a lot of sense. They mm -hmm. didn't have that experience. <laughs> Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, today we have a guest, Joe, who is here to chat with us about couples work and strategies to engage in treatment with your partner. Welcome to Connecting Badgers, Joe. Would you like to introduce yourself for us? Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Joe Hayes. I use she, her, hers pronouns, and I'm a psychologist social worker with UHS. Well, we are so glad you're here, Joe. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, we are super excited to have you, and we're hoping that maybe we could get started with maybe like... Um, when do you, when would a couple know that they could benefit from couples counseling? 
Interesting question. I usually think about partners wanting counseling when I first meet them, kind of how we might consult a personal trainer to get uh, some help with wellness efforts or to work with a career advisor when we want to make a career transition. I think of partner counseling as an investment in yourself, your partner, and the health of your relationship. What might make partners decide that now is a good time to go to couples counseling? Partners engage in couple work for a variety of reasons. Often when I ask partners what made them decide to come to counseling, they describe a feeling of being stuck. Um, it may be an issue or an interaction pattern. Uh, it might be about how sex is initiated, the dirty dishes in the sink, jealousy, how to balance personal and relationship time. Whatever the disconnect, the topic and the associated feelings come up over and over again. Even when the pattern is acknowledged, it's still hard to change or to break it. Someone may share that, I know my partner hates it when I walk out of the room in the middle of an argument, but they still can't stop that behavior. Um, everyone feels exhausted, perhaps a bit angry, sometimes hopeless. And if the stuck pattern goes on long enough, partners begin to feel they're stuck in the relationship. Health research uh, provides some interesting context for understanding how normal relationships end up feeling amazing, confusing, and challenging all at the same time. So what might this mean? Let's consider reflecting back on your interactions with your partner over the past week. You might recall some tense moments, bickering, withdrawing, some bad feelings, some eye rolling. Other times you recognize that you were laughing out loud together, there was curiosity and excitement. So how do we know what a healthy relationship really looks like? One dynamic at play is the negativity bias. This is the research that describes our human tendency to register negative stimuli more readily than we do neutral or positive stimuli, and that we tend to hold on to these negative memories longer. We're hardwired to negativity um, as part of our survival genetics. Then on the flip side, we have some Gottman Institute research on couples that identifies the magic ratio of five to one, meaning that couples need a minimum of five positive interactions for every negative interaction as a threshold for relationship satisfaction. 20 to one positive negative is actually even more ideal. So we have this innate tendency to latch onto negative events, which is the direct opposite um, for how we find satisfaction in, with intimate partners. Partner work is often focused on how to become more intentional and successful with these positive interactions and how to diffuse the frequency of the negative. Another presentation of partner work is coming to be in to be proactive in managing life transitions might be partners wanting to explore new ways of navigating change before it gets overwhelming. They may be considering a more open relationship, how to approach an upcoming long distance separation period, deciding how or when to introduce the relationship to family or friends, or being interested in understanding how their different life experiences play out in their day-to-day -day life patterns. I also have had partners come in when both partners feel the relationship has played itself out but they're struggling in how to orchestrate the ending in a way that feels respectful to each other and that honors the connection history that they value and have shared together. It sounds like there are a lot of different things that would make uh, part of a couple or a couple sort of jointly determine that couples counseling could be beneficial. What would you say is a good way to bring up the idea of couples counseling to a partner? First, I would encourage you to explore your own motivation for wanting partner counseling. Um, if you're looking for an ally and a therapist to point out all the ways your partner fails to meet your expectations, 
or because you really want to change your partner into someone that they've never been, that may not make a very attractive invitation. It's usually more helpful to focus on being the change you wish to see in the relationship. So maybe communicating to your partner how meaningful the relationship is to you, making time to watch a favorite show together, share something you appreciate about them. Um, you wanna model that you're invested in making the relationship work, not just trying to get them to change. Um, you may wanna ask them a little bit about what would make the relationship more meaningful or satisfying for them. And then share that you're wondering if partner counseling might wait to, be a way to help you understand them better and to become a better partner. You also wanna think about timing. Um, when it is most likely that neither of you will feel rushed or to be interrupted, research is clear that when people come together tired and hungry, communication becomes more challenging. Um, try to make sure that the idea of therapy is brought up as an invitation and not as an ultimatum that just kind of jumps out in the middle of an argument. That said, I also want to acknowledge that uh, the time you ask may not be the ideal time for your partner to actually engage in partner work. You can still plant a seed about the idea and revisit it later, um, when, maybe when they've had some time to consider it. Most likely you've had some time to investigate the idea and wrestle with any doubts. And your partner would also benefit from having a chance to kind of absorb and think through and get their own questions answered. If they say no, you wanna resist pushing back and try not to take out your disappointment on them and thank them for being honest. This leaves the conversation open in a better place uh, to bring it up maybe at a later date. And lastly, if you're the partner being asked, you may wanna consider this an opportunity to demonstrate care and respect um, to go to therapy if your partner asks you. It doesn't matter that you don't necessarily feel you need therapy or you don't quite understand what therapy is. If your partner wants to give it a try and ask for your participation in a respectful way, you can be curious about trying out the opportunity. Yeah, I really appreciate that piece around like potentially being intimidated by the process or not really being sure what to expect. And so I'm wondering what you could share with us about what couples counseling usually looks like or what it entails. Um, most often partners have ongoing circumstances where they'd like to unpack and explore very intentionally some of the issues. And so ongoing couples work is kind of planned. There are different approaches to partners work. I often use a solution folks to approach at UHS. Um, and I can share some examples about what that might look like. At the first meeting, I ask each person to talk about why they decided to participate in partners counseling. And since they're not clones of each other, I actually expect the reasons to vary quite a bit. Another way to focus on uh, the purpose of counseling work uh, might be, I ask them, if our time together was helpful, how would you know? What would be different down the road? What might you see or feel or do differently? Communication is a powerful tool in relationships, and as each partner introduces themselves, we begin to acknowledge different relationship patterns and model ways to expand the repertoire for engagement skills. This may I'll take a look at how to listen a little bit longer or how to check out understanding. At the end of a meeting, I often ask something like, given what you've heard and experienced in the session today, what might you be willing to experiment with doing differently to move the relationship closer to a place that you would like to be? Uh, in the beginning of partner work, this focuses sometimes on individual care. Uh, often exhausted people are irritable or more likely to become defensive and have diminished capacity to actually listen. 
Um, if a partner is feeling out of control in their own life, it's difficult to have energy to work on the relationship. So encouraging people to take 10 minutes to meditate before starting their day or taking a little bit longer bike ride on their way home can be incredibly helpful in diffusing distress, which puts them in a better place to engage when they are in the relationship or in the presence of their partner. Another relationship homework might be observation. Uh, at the end of a couple of days or a week to think back and identify those when the relationship felt best when you felt most grounded, laughed out loud, felt communication was effective. This goes back to the idea of um, uh, the kind of Gottman ratio, five to one ratio of positive interactions. And we wanna focus on the things that we wanna have happen more often in the relationship. Um, another focus might be to explore relationship patterns. And one tool I like to use is a relationship timeline. And here we kind of begin by charting out how the partners met what attracted them to each other and then continue to explore the events across the relationship. This includes social and environmental context and the thoughts and feelings that each person recalled times or events. This helps to recognize the themes that kind of evolved in the partner dynamics and sometimes provides an understanding about how or why the relationship has kind of evolved the way it has. Procedurally, when partners are interested in couples counseling, both partners participate in an uh, access appointment uh, where there may be some consideration if partner work is the best place to begin to support uh, the goals that are uh, identified. Personal safety and wellness are always primary considerations, as well as what kind of support is most likely to help people move towards their goals most effectively. If one or both partners are struggling with complex person is personal issues, sometimes acute trauma or severe depression, it may be more effective to start with some individual work before we move into a partner format. Only one partner at U, uh, needs to be a UW student. When non-student partners are participating, there's some extra steps to get them connected into my UHS and our amid schedulers help to set that up. Um, partner sessions are 50 minutes long. There's an extra consent and questionnaires complete before the first appointment. So it's really important for partners to check in 30 minutes early. Single session consult, consults are also available for partners, just like they are for individuals at UHS. This is an opportunity to talk through a specific situation, maybe tools for managing a family visit for the holidays or an anticipated transition to a long distance relationship. Sometimes this type of consult is also an opportunity for a reluctant partner to get their questions answered about what ongoing couples work might look like or for partners to get a taste for how couples work might work for them. Um, a 20 minute partner let's talk session available this semester on Tuesdays between three and 5 p.m. can also be a great way to explore how partner work might be a match for your relationship. This let's talk time is staffed by UHS partner couple therapists uh, who can provide a brief problem solving consult, answer some questions and help identify self-help or professional resources. Partners can zoom in for let's talk in solo or together. Thank you so much, Joe. That was so much information and super just so informative. I do want our listeners to know that there um, the resources Joe just mentioned, Let's Talk and how to book one of those access appointments will be available in the episode description as well as on our website. Um, so if you would like to connect with any of those resources, please check those out. Um, but I wanted to check in with everyone if it would be okay for us to transition to our mindfulness activity now. 
Um, so for today's mindfulness activity, we are going to be exploring loving kindness. So this is a meditation that you are welcome to do laying down. If you happen to have your speakers or headphones on and you'd like to be laying down, you can also be seated. Um, so please get into any comfortable posture or position that feels good to you. And if it feels nice to you, you can close your eyes, maybe begin to ground down into your seat. And if you'd like, you can begin to bring your attention to your breath, maybe noticing the inhale, noticing the exhale, And then when you're ready to, we'll just begin to bring our awareness to ourself. If you notice any other thoughts come up, you can put those onto those leaves on that river. And we'll just return to thinking about ourself with awareness. And we'll just begin to think about our basic goodness. This might be a time you were kind or generous. Maybe it's how you show up, how you love. And if maybe today is a day that it's a little bit difficult for you to think about, that basic goodness, how good you are. Maybe you can try to think of yourself or see yourself through the eyes of someone who really loves you. Someone who's beloved to you, maybe it's a grandparent, a sibling, a pet, a deity. How they see the good in you. Once you've been able to take some time to really connect with that natural goodness, your natural desire to be happy, take some time here to just rest in appreciation of how good you are. How much good you bring to the spaces you show up in, your classes, your communities, your workplace, your friends, your family. Know all the good that you bring to this world. And then whenever you're ready to, we'll just gently awaken you can blink the eyes open, wiggle fingers and toes, and you can move on with the rest of your day. I loved that. Thanks so much for that, Jamie. I Loving kindness always just sends like a certain warmth. <laughs> I feel like that was a really good take on it too. I like that one a lot. Oh, thank you. All right, folks, well, feel free to tag us by using hashtag connecting badgers on social media with any thoughts, feedback, requests for topics or questions that you have. Um, our next episode um, will be looking at exploring codependency, what that means, what that means for different people, different folks. 
Um, and you can also check out MHS's Instagram. So that would be UW underscore MHS. Thank you for listening. And as a reminder, if you're struggling, you can always access our 24-hour crisis line for support, whether you are in Wisconsin or any other state by calling us at 608-265-5600, option number nine. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Joe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.